Hi, this is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, I am delighted to bring on my friend Finn, who I have known, well, since our kids started kindergarten. And I'm going to do something a little different this time. Uh, you know me. I, my name is Michelle Lassley, and I use the pronouns uh, she, her, hers. And Finn, welcome. Hi, everybody out there. Uh, my name is Finn. And I use pronouns they and them and their. Um, and I'm coming to you from one of my small, tiny houses. It's in my RV. And so you'll hear the rain if you listen closely, because it's been only raining for the last month. Um, you'll hear the rain in the background. So hopefully that will help you and me chill out a little bit. Awesome. That sounds great. So tiny houses and sustainability are just one of the things that Finn and I like to talk about. And I am so sorry that we can't talk like every day and plan what the future should look like for our whole world. <laughs> but maybe this space will give us some time to co-create a beautiful future. That sounds like a great idea. I, I do spend every day, I think, thinking about tiny houses and tiny spaces. So any day you want to talk about it, I'm available. Awesome. All right. I think I want to start with the phrase you shared, corporate dropout. What the heck is that? <laughs> Well, um, corporate dropout is somebody who intentionally leaves the corporate environment and chooses to stay out um, mm -hmm. and work on kind of radical world-changing ideas is how I would define that for myself. I was working, yeah, I was working in a law firm as an IT manager, yeah. um, was paid really well, had lots of money, lots of prestige, um, and it didn't work for me. Um, my yeah. stress was killing me. I, my face was going numb, my heart, my blood pressure was going up, and my body just kind of went, eh, you're done, this isn't working for you. And so I've been in a process of discovery for the last five years to figure oh, out awesome. what I'm doing, where I'm going, what that will look like. Awesome. So discovery is actually something, one of the reasons that I want to hold this podcast and why I want to have it. Uh, a couple, I'm going to, I might mention this again later, but in one of the interviews with um, an empath business leader, Laura Rowe, one of the things I kept, we kept talking about was if you're not dead yet, you still have something to learn. <laughs> so in some aspect, and what I would, I would love to see is if we could all embrace that we're in this path of discovery. And I think you've known probably your whole life, you're in a path of discovery. And that sort of meandered in different ways and with different, uh, sex of belief and all that. Can you talk a little bit about the beliefs that guide you? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think one of the beliefs that guides me, and I actually felt like you, it encapsulated this really well in your New, Year, New Year's resolutions, um, which is we were all born with a question that needed to be answered when we were born. Um, and I don't know what that question is, but mm -hmm. I feel like my life is a process process of answering these questions about myself. And one of those is being the best person I can be. Um, I think that's probably true for everybody. The other is to live a life of passion and live a life of justice. Mm. So those things have guided me a lot. Also living close to the earth and being really conscious of how I live, my impact on my environment, as well as my impact on other people. Mm -hmm. um, 
So those kind of things have really guided me. I love doing things for myself. That is, that is my, that is one of my passions. Like if there's stuff that needs to be done around the house, I'm not hiring it out. I do it. And it's a great learning process. So um, there's a, a coach, a popular coach. Her name is Marie Forleo and she likes to use the figure outable uh-huh. thing. Like everything is figure outable. And I think like one aspect, you definitely embody that for sure. Can we compare and contrast a little bit for a second? Uh-huh. So one hand in your life, you li- you said you were corporate world, right? And yep. then that didn't work. Clearly joy was not happening. I mean, you, you shared that, right? Yes. And so now I'm guessing, well, no, yeah, because you've done some other things. Like uh, you have done some other, um, like t- tell me about Wilderness Way and how that, maybe not that specifically, mm-hmm. but that kind of thinking of taking church into the wild mm-hmm. has helped you reclaim your joy with your connection to the earth. Yeah. Um, so just a little background on Wilderness Way. Wilderness Way is um, a community. It's a faith community. It's not necessarily grounded in any particular belief, um, but it does have a lot of, uh, it does look at the Bible and Christian teachings quite a bit because that's the background most of us come from. And it kind of helps us dissect the Christian beliefs um, and figure out what we're going to do with them. Um, So three of the main like pillars of Wilderness Way is Shalom, Jubilee, and Sabbath. Mm. And so those are the three pillars that we sit on, basically, and our foundation is based on um, shalom being that we work for justice and try to create Mm. peace in our environment, whether that's in a large world scale, a smaller community, small community scale, or individually in our relationships with other people and ourselves. Um, The Sabbath is making sure that we make sure we rest. So taking that time, and this is really important to what I'm trying to create now, is taking that time to breathe and become grounded in what you believe and what you feel called to do. Mm. Um, And without Sabbath, that seventh day, you know, that Christian concept of the seventh day of rest, without that rest time, we get wound up in the busyness of every day and we forget our relationships with one with other people, with ourselves, and with the earth. So the Sabbath is a really important part of it. And then Jubilee is the belief that we can free ourselves from debt, from poverty, from wealth, mm. and all those things that come with that. Like we can mm-hmm. free ourselves from that measurement of how good or how bad we are. Oh, um, love it. Yeah. And that there's enough. That's the basic premise, is there is enough for everyone. If we all live sustainable lives, there is enough for everyone. Can we pick apart that a little bit more? Absolutely. So uh, as I kind of talked about when I was sort of kind of getting into when I mentioned Laura, is I really love talking to my empathic friends, especially my empathic business people. Mm -hmm. And I love this growing acceptance that there's lots of different ways to do business, especially when we bring the emotion and our intuition into it. And we use these as guiding principles. That said, 
in this circle of empathic business people, we love to talk about the law of abundance. Mm -hmm. Part of it is belief in figuring out what it means. What is manifestation? What is attraction? I meant to say law of attraction and abundance. You have, your take is more on this enough. Uh And so can you kind of share where you might differ from that thinking and where you've sort of landed? So I think some of the difference between, I think there's a lot of similarities. So let me say that first. Um, But I think the difference is, is that in an enough kind of a framework, it means that I share. It Mm. doesn't mean that things are just coming to me. It means that I share my wealth. It means I share my tools, which are very valuable to me. (laughs) It means I share my skills and my talents. Mm -hmm. And and people reciprocate in whatever way they can. Um, and oftentimes that's not a money reward, so to speak. So that's the kind of, that's the concept is that if we live in community and we share our resources and share our talents and gifts, there is enough. Um, mm. And one of the ways that Wilderness Way celebrates this is literally through what you would traditionally call communion, mm-hmm. is that we share bread with one another and there's always enough doesn't matter what size the group there is there is always enough and i could go totally on my theological background on this if you want to but i will leave that out we'll link those in the show notes if you want okay (laughs) um we are just almost at about 15 minutes in our chat and so i wanted to pause and take a little break but when we come back I want to build on this and talk about this really beautiful community that you're building with your partner. Absolutely. That'd be great. Welcome back. I have been talking with my friend Finn about basically co-creating a magical future that we all can share in and enjoy together. So you and your partner have a beautiful place on Whidbey Island, and you have a lovely name for it. Can you tell me about this place? It's called Magdalena Acres, and it's, it's on Whidbey Island, which is south, the island south of the San Juans, hmm. um, and you get to there from, it's north of Seattle, um, but south of the can- Canadian border, but not by much. <laughs> so um, that's Whidbey Island. Our place is on the south end, which is primarily a rural environment. Um, there's a lot of ecological interest in that area and keeping it rural. rural. Um, so our place sits on the south end. It sits on a lake, a small private lake that used to be a peat bog that they've farmed out. So now it's turned into a wildlife sanctuary. Um, it's five acres. And it's five acres surrounded by woods, surrounded by nature. You don't hear the rest of the world. Mm. So other than sometimes some small planes flying overhead, Mm -hmm. what you're hearing are your neighbors. You're hearing the animals. You occasionally hear a car driving by, but in general, it's a quiet place. You hear a lot of bird calls. You just get in touch with nature because it surrounds you there. I love that. So you and your partner, Catherine, are both really creative and innovative. And you're creating something there. What are you trying to create? 
So what we're trying to create is a small community and a community that has both long-term residents and short-term residents, and it's based in a sustainable environment. So that means a lot of different levels of sustainability. One is to try to reduce, keep our carbon footprint as small as we can. So an example of that is anybody who comes takes whatever garbage they create out with them. And one of the reasons why we do this is because we want people to understand how much they consume on a daily basis. Mm. So in particular, we focus on one-use one plastic, of how much mm -hmm. one-use plastic you use every day, because that's the stuff we find washing up on our beaches all the time. Um, but it's also other things, like how much whole, full, whole foods you're using, because if you have a whole food, you can throw it out to the chickens, you can throw it out to the birds, you can throw it out to the rabbits, and someone's going to use it. You can put it in the worm bin. Um, so we really try to keep things sustainable. We have a garden there, organic garden, um, that we encourage people to participate in. Um, the other pieces of it are that Catherine comes from an affordable housing background, mm -hmm. and that's another piece of what we're trying to create is a place where people can be that's affordable. So oftentimes, like a spiritual retreat or getting away for a few days to do some writing or doing some artwork is cost prohibitive for a lot of people. We really try to keep that cost down so that people can, one, get away and have that time, that green space time, but also so that they can experience what it means to live in a tiny space. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's important. I think that's a big movement, especially here in Portland the tiny space movement, but practicing it and getting a feel for what that actually looks like and feels like outside of just the tiny house nation uh, mm -hmm. show that they have, it's way more than that. You know, so there's working out of relationships, there's working out of space, there's, you know, what takes a priority. So there's lots of things that go into living in a tiny space. Um, and so that's part of what we do too, is try to encourage people to think, how, what they need and then what they want and how they can share that with other people. Do I really need my own lawnmower? Mm -hmm. I really don't. It's what we do. We all go out to Home Depot and we buy a lawnmower, but can I share my lawnmower with other people in my community and mow my lawn with that mm -hmm. and share the, the abundance? Mm -hmm. um, and it goes back to that. There's enough. You know? Oh, I love that. Yeah, so like the lawnmower, for example, how many times a week are you really mowing your lawn? Right. Yeah, and all of us have to maintain it, right? Mm -hmm. And most of the time we end up taking it in at least every other year mm -hmm. to get it done. So a good example of that is what if a community or a neighborhood, doesn't matter where you live, mm -hmm. you know, two blocks, they could share one lawnmower, share in the cost of maintaining it, sharing mm -hmm. the cost of the gas and suddenly you don't have 10 lawnmowers. Mm -hmm. You have one lawnmower and take that one mm -hmm. step further. Somebody really likes to mow lawns. That's what they do. And they trade that for something else with somebody else. It's just maybe somebody else really likes to fix lawnmowers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. really likes to edge the lawn or really likes to plant flowers or whatever that is, that there's mm -hmm. a way of, sharing our talents, our skills, our gifts 
with other mm-hmm. people to create community. And mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to do in this place is really try to create community because when there's community and people are talking and sharing, they're really invested mm-hmm. in making the space work. Mm-hmm. So I like to blow that up. Okay. Like, like, like expand, expand that. Right. So I'm getting a picture in my head and, you know, really this, this kind of picture came from Ecotopia. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. Ernest Callenbach finally bought, bought my copy. I have eco, had Ecotopia emerging for a long time, uh, which is this, the, and all these will be linked in the show notes. And he was a really great one to paint a picture of like what it could look like living in community. Mm-hmm. And he painted a picture of, and it doesn't have to be this way. Cause like, if we're co-creating something, we're going to create something that works for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, in his vision, it was like, uh, when you're young, maybe you live with your trade people. So all the journalists lived in a house and maybe all the carpenters lived in a house until you started to, you know, create a family and you wanted to do something different and maybe live in a different kind of community. And, and, and a lot of what he described sounds like a lot of like a co-housing situations that maybe young college kids do. I've had friends who've done that and they would have, you know, their weekly meetings and organize and whatnot. Um, So a really big part of living in community is self-awareness. So you know what your needs are and being able to communicate your boundaries. So self-awareness that you have boundaries and then having the skills to communicate so you can kindly communicate your message. Um, what have you, and well, Catherine probably has learned different things with the affordable housing background, mm-hmm. um, but like, is there a model that you guys enjoy? I'm thinking very specifically like nonviolent communication, for example, yeah. or other yeah. kind of tools. Like, is there anything, or is it just like some amalgamation of all these things that we've learned and you kind of lead with values and, and maybe it doesn't have a specific name? Um, so I'm going to look them up really quick, but um, yeah. One of the things that Wilderness Way, again, uses is what we call the skills of loving. Oh, okay. And they, again, help us kind of figure out how we interact with ourselves and with other people. Um, sorry, I want to look them up so that I can share yeah, exactly with you. So... While you're looking that up, uh, since I mentioned nonviolent communication, there's um, kind of four tenets of nonviolent communication, and I'm not reaching for my book or looking in my notes, but it's one, you, uh, you have to state how you feel about a thing. And then another thing is you, so you're, another piece of it is that you're observing a thing happened, maybe somebody did a thing or a situation happened, and you're naming that situation, and then you're figuring out how you feel about it. And so, so, you know, a, a common example I use in my podcast is road rage. <laughs> Somebody yeah. cuts you off, right? Yeah. So I observe that person crossed over into my lane and cut me off. And I was afraid that I was going to get into an accident. And that made me feel angry, mm-hmm. like just literally naming and stating these things. And then what you, and then recognizing you have a need that comes out of this, right? I need to feel safe when I'm traveling to and from 
And I would request driver that you check your blind spot. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that's very formulaic or whatnot. So I was curious what this one is like. So, so this is, so we call it the skills of loving and there's five skills. There's seeing, hearing, responding to needs, having goodwill and honoring everyone's experience. Mm. So one of those like seeing is seeing others as they are, not what we want them to be, but as they actually are, as well as being seen as Mm -hmm. we are, as we actually are. And that kind of goes with all of them. Same thing, hearing to speak our truth and to hear other people's truth, not as we want to hear it, but as it is their truth. So that really offers an opportunity to be in community with other people and have kind of a ground rule or a set of saying, I really want to hear you right now. And it becomes a common language. So when I say that, I really want to hear you right now. I want to hear you. I don't want to hear what I want to hear, although that's really hard to turn off. But I want to hear you. And at that time, you're quiet. And you listen. And you turn off all of your filters. You turn off all of your judgment of what they're saying. And you take in what they're saying. Mm. So if you're like me, my mind is always going 20 (laughs) different directions. It really takes me some time and a couple breaths to be like, okay, I'm present. I can now do this. It doesn't happen naturally for me. Sure. I have to turn off my brain and consciously be like, okay, give me a second. I want to hear you. And I want to hear what you're saying. Not think of what I'm responding with. And that, I think that that really helps because it goes into how do we be in community? And part of that is just letting people be who they are. And while also saying, okay, this is where I'm at. How do we work these two things together? And that's the loving part is how do we use the communication we're having to resolve the conflict that we're in? Oh, that's so beautiful. And I'm imagining doing this at your space, which at the time of this recording, I have yet to visit, which will be remedied. <laughs> um, and, yeah, wait and, till the rain's done. <laughs> so I'm imagining sunshine and beautiful grass and any time, for example, that I'm looking at a sky, even if it's here in town in Portland, yeah. and I'm looking at the sky at night, it just forces, like, I want to see the stars and it for, it's a practice of stillness, right? Uh-huh. And anytime I think that nature just can really introduce that as, you know, you're walking in the woods and you don't, you're not plugged into a podcast right. or a song or whatever, and you start to hear, or again, back to the city life, because I do live in the city, right? This is, so the space that I'm in is my, um, our, our lofty attic-y space. Uh-huh. And so this is the roof and I'll be working and then I'll hear these very, <laughs> <laughs> nature's not quiet. No, it's not. And, and that noise will be the squirrels uh-huh. running over the top of there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but when we take away those distractions and help. Yeah, we can tune into nature. We can tune into ourselves. Because in the moment that you're recognizing that there's squirrels out there, 
you're getting outside of yourself mm. for a moment. You know, you're getting outside. Oh, yeah, there's squirrels out there. They're they're out there doing their thing, surviving, getting their food, running around on all the you know telephone lines, all that stuff. There's there's a whole world going on outside. Um, one of the favorite things that I like to do on the property um, at Magdalena Acres is so the other day on Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving Day of Giving Thanks, gratitude um, is I just walk the property. Mm. and we took down, we had to take down a bunch of trees because they were about to fall over anyways. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, what we've opened up is a whole space where these mushrooms are growing. Sure. And as I was walking through, I noticed all these just absolutely beautiful dozens and dozens of different varieties of mushrooms. And I was so grateful to the guy who took down those trees for us because like now this whole new thing is happening. We're using the wood that he, you know, that the trees we generally heat by wood there. Um, And now here's this whole new like system building up from that like clearing of areas. We didn't clear, but sorry, that like deforestation of a little bit of the area. Um, And it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. And then I walk down to the lake and there's birds just kind of hanging out there and doing their thing. And you can hear the dogs in the background. You can hear all sorts of rustling. And just in those moments, you just, you can be so thankful Mm -hmm. and so grateful that all of this life surrounds you. And it surrounds us in the city too. Mm -hmm. We just don't hear it as well Mm -hmm. because there's Mm -hmm. lots of other sounds getting in the way the cars, the trains, the, you know, airplanes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, all of those noises that it disconnects us from that time of like really sitting there and being present for even just a moment. Yes. Okay. Can you please give me a top five list of things to do on your, on, so you general, right? Like, so if we're going to give a prescription to somebody else mm-hmm. on their path of self-discovery, what should they do? Top five things. Ooh. I think first would be take an inventory. Mm-hmm. So take an inventory of what you have, what you need and what you want. Mm-hmm. So I think taking an inventory of, of where you're at and being able to be really honest with yourself about what that is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I Second thing I would say is find some Sabbath time. Mm. So find that day of rest. And if you can, share that day of rest with your family if you're surrounded by family members. Or just communicate it to friends that, you know, this is my Sabbath day. I turn off my phone on Sabbath day. You know, there's, there's no technology coming at me. There's no, you know, it's my day to just rejuvenate. So it's reading, it's writing, it's going for walks, it's going for a bike ride. It's interacting with people I haven't seen in a really long time. Or maybe I just saw them yesterday. But really making a connection. But taking that time for yourself and to create relationship. Um. So that's one of the things I think getting out in nature 
is essential. There's the whole new concept of forest bathing, mm. um, which is that we as humans need to spend time in a natural environment. And to just be in that green and have all that oxygen around us. Um, so they, there's a whole movement now called forest bathing. Hmm. Uh, so taking that time in nature. So finding your community, finding those people who have similar goals as you do, um, who are interested in uh, conversation mm. with you about what, what's, being, what's kind of emerging for you, what's bubbling up, and also what's bubbling up for them. Um, and this requires communication. So again, going back to Sabbath, it's taking that time to create those relationships so that those kind of things can bubble up and synergize, for lack of a better word that I can come up with right now, um, and develop into something, something oh, collaborative. I love that. What would your last tip be for a journey of self-discovery? All right. So this is where, okay, if you haven't figured out already, um, I am a theologian at heart. Um, and so for me, what this is, is it's a connection with the sacred. Mm. So that ability to kind of connect with what is sacred, both in the world, we've talked a lot about nature and the earth and connecting to the earth, but it's also connecting to the, the sacred in other people and within ourselves as well. And finding that as a, as a place to bring that energy and that life into the things that you want to be doing. Oh, I love that. That is so beautiful. I have two more questions. Okay. What art are you creating right now? Um, uh, the art that I'm creating right now is I'm designing this community. That is, that is my art right now is I'm designing this community. I think it through every day. Um, I'm designing tiny spaces. So I have four tiny spaces that I move around in. Um, and so I'm always like, adjusting and trying to, you know, figure those things out. And so that's, that's part of my art. Um, probably more traditionally is I write. Mm. So that's my more traditional. I do poetry. I do these, what are called doctors. I call my Dr. Seuss poems. Um, but they're all about kind of changing the world. Oh, um, yeah. And it's called Dickless Unite. That's what the whole things are called. So the Dickless Unite. So women unite, transgender people unite. Um, kind of turning that whole thing on its head. <laughs> I love that so much. Hopefully that's not too raunchy for your show. <laughs> no, um, I talk to people of all varied types, communication, yeah. language, it's all fluid. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah. Uh, la my last question before I ask where people can find you is, so you're, that's what you're creating uh -huh. and that's what you're working on. What are you reading? What are you filling your head with right now? Um, right now I'm reading Big Magic oh, nice. by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, so it's about creativity. Uh, it's about getting rid of those, all those voices in your head that you can't do something, granting yourself the permission to do something. And for somebody like me, it's also where, when is it too much? <laughs> when have you gone too far? Like, what are you sacrificing to be creative? So that's, that's also a piece of it as well. Um, so that's what I'm filling my head with. I'm also filling my head with a book called The Frugal Woods, mm. which is about a family who 
decided that they were going to go off grid. And so kind of like myself, kind of corporate dropouts. Yeah. And what they had to do and what they had to think about to become self-sustaining on their land and financially as well. Oh, I I would change that a little bit because I want communities to be self-sustaining. Yeah. Uh, That when we get, you know, kind of isolated, I don't think that always works so well. Right, right. So the last thing, where can people find you or um, find uh, your, 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 your place on Whidbey Island? How can they reserve space? Um, so right now I would say for them to reserve space, I'm going to ask them to actually come through you, Michelle, if that's okay. If you can, yeah, of course, that'd be great. I don't currently have a website. Yeah. Um, so people can email hello at Michelle and then put, um, retreat at Whidbey Island in the subject line. Okay. That would be yeah. great. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Those are the pieces that I haven't gotten to yet because I've been busy building. Um, yeah. And then the other address you can contact me at is Finn, F-I-N-N, dot Lamborn, L-A-M-B-O-U-R-N, at gmail.com. And if they just reference Balance Shared, yeah, that will help me know what um, where they're coming from. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah, and we oh. should be able to start accepting people, welcoming people in the spring. That sounds great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and yes, thank you so much for having a conversation with me today about co-creating a beautiful future. Thank I you. am so glad that we got to do this. And I really hope you will come back for season two, three, four, five, etc. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I would love to keep telling you all the great things that are happening. So absolutely. Awesome. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, leave a review, especially on Apple podcasts. If you've loved the messages of co-creating a better future and digging into ourselves, maybe you'd like to become a supporter email hello at michellelastly.com to get your sponsorship guide. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. This is Michelle Lastly with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together.